Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we're taking a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger, of course, is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. So how are you feeling, Kevin? Uh, a little sluggish. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Uh, so Kevin and <laughs> I, Kevin and I, Kevin is visiting me in Houston, uh, where it is currently one million degrees outside, <laughs> at least ninety in the shade. My air conditioner is working overtime, and uh, and we just got back from lunch at Truth Barbecue. So Truth Barbecue, shout out to you guys. Uh, Unreal brisket. You guys, you guys did a great job. Uh, what did you have? I had the two meat plate, uh, brisket, that? pork, pinto beans, and mac and cheese. So it just it smells amazing around me right now. <sighs> <laughs> How about yourself, big guy? My stomach is a disaster. I, <laughs> I, um, I was overzealous. <laughs> I opted for the three meat plate, and uh, I had pulled pork, the brisket, and uh, and some smoked turkey. Oh. And I opted to go old school and did uh, collard greens and coleslaw as my side. Classic. At least there are vegetables. Is, I is think my we can agree that the brisket was the the show stealer. I mean, we're definitely. Oh yeah, totally, one hundred percent. Yeah. And it, there are meat sweats happening. Um, <laughs> There's beer being consumed. We are, we are drinking uh, the summer pills from our friends at St. Arnold's. And we had St. Arnold's at the. We were drinking right, what? We're, the, we're drinking the delicious lawnmower. The lawnmower. Kolsch. Uh, that's oh, right. This St. Arnold, or this, uh, yeah, St. Arnold is no joke. No. They, it's delicious. They, they make a delicious product, and we're very lucky to have them. All right, yeah, I guess. So, so if we bar- burp or, like, if you hear anything, you struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we fall asleep, if you hear snoring, just uh, wake us up. Yeah, thank you. All right, I guess there's a movie to talk about, though. There is a movie to talk about. This is uh, this is episode two of our of our journey through the classic RoboCop. The 1987 RoboCop. The real RoboCop. Yeah. Yes. We should mention that the, the other one did happen. We acknowledge it, but we're not at liberty to talk about it. No, that's that's not the era of Arnold. That's right. All right. It's not iconic. <laughs> it has, it, will it ever be iconic? No, no never. No. So, Kevin, where did, we, where did we leave off last time? Uh, Murphy and Lewis had tracked down those are two hero cops they tracked down clarence boddicker and his goons at like the old abandoned steel mill right and they had they'd said should we wait for backup you bet your ass we should not (laughs) yeah what's the worst that could happen i think we should definitely run in here and (laughs) what split up right yes let's split up immediately oh my god so murphy and lewis split up and we have to assume this is this is at a time in film and TV where not a lot of training was given to actors on the proper handling of a weapon. Of a okay. So now you get cops, two hands on a weapon, two hands for maximum control, mm-hmm. watching their angles, watching every angle, yeah. uh, entering 
doorways and immediately checking corners. But, but not Murphy, so much in old Detroit. Murphy is fucking <laughs> flying through this building. Running around. He's I feel like sprinting. Lewis is also just bursting through every door, like not checking the corners or anything. At least she's moving with some. Lewis is moving through at least a little cautiously. <laughs> oh my God. Lewis is moving through the building with some caution. Yes. Whereas Murphy is like a boy. Murphy's gung ho. Yeah. He's like, he's remembering what it was like in his old precinct where, where there were no rules, I guess. <laughs> so Lewis finds the one guy just peeing. Yeah. She's the first to discover one of the baddies. He's just peeing indiscriminately. She come, yeah. She comes across, <laughs> she comes across Joe, Joe. Um, who is, yeah, I have a problem with this because it's all right. This is your hideout. You, you presumably spend a lot of time here and you're just going to piss just anywhere. Like anywhere. Open. He's like not in a designated bathroom area. It doesn't seem like, I mean, I don't know. So I always wondered if he was, if this was like a trap, but at any rate, he, she sort of sneaks up behind him with the gun and she's chewing bubble gum. Right. And she always. pops her gum and he sort of cuts his stream off. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, turn, and turn, oh, she, she tells him to turn around. Turn around, exactly. Which he does, so that dick is still out. The di- yeah, and he he's like, you mind if I put this away? And I feel like this works for me. I mean... <sighs> I I have a problem with it in that she yeah she like she look she can't help herself she but can't help herself. I feel like male female gay straight whatever like I feel like anyone I feel like I would have to look if I just I can't I can't help myself I think it was uh, what police officer doesn't immediately <laughs> tell that guy with with his back turned to her no. to put his hands on his head and get on the ground that's true. Yeah, and, no, and she's, she's not. And she's like, great. no, turn around where I can see it. Now I'm gonna look at it. So you can disarm me? No. That's like it's 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 completely It was so obviously like a, a setup, but oh. she couldn't she couldn't help herself. And he does not he not only knocks her out, he knocks her off a like a ledge. Like a catwalk or whatever, yeah. yeah. Like into just the moxes. 15, 20 foot drop. Yeah. Yeah, she's out of commission. So yeah, she's unconscious. So the, and then the next situation we find uh, somewhere else in the lair in the steel mill, mm-hmm. Murphy comes across a couple of the baddies watching everyone in old Detroit's favorite TV show. Yes. Uh, well, there's Emil and then I got another guy who I don't yeah. know if he has a name. He, he doesn't need I one. I didn't have time or the inclination. What's to weird is at first they're like they're debating the business model right. of the criminal enterprise, which is not unlike the OCP meeting that we just saw right. in the last part where they're just saying, hey, you got to spend money to make money. And they're like, we got to rob these banks so we can buy drugs so we can sell the drugs to make more money. And he's like, yeah, but why don't we just keep spent, like stealing more when we want more money? And these guys are it's interesting. These guys are attending night classes. Yeah. The, yeah at the Business make, Institute. It's like to make sure that. <laughs> His gang is well educated in the business, but that is the first time we get this the recurring TV show that they're all watching throughout the movie with the "I'd buy that for a dollar" catchphrase. Sort of, it sort of gets the I get a Benny Hill vibe from it. Like it's just, real campy, yeah, it's super campy, and it's like some geeky looking guy with with attractive ladies on either arm, mm-hmm. and yeah, the the catchphrase that we I wish that I could ever understand what it meant, but it, it, you're not <laughs> supposed to. That's the whole gag is that everyone in the world thinks it's the most hysterical. Thing so ever. I always always assumed that, that this was like commercials that they were seeing right. until researching. And they said, yeah, it was just supposed to be the really popular television show, but it's like, 
just a sleazy kind of comedy show with this character called Bixby Snyder. I'd buy that for a dollar. And he just keeps finding himself in these pervy situations. Yeah, like sex just falling in his lap or whatever. (laughs) Apparently, they said, I, I feel like it was Nancy Allen, maybe her first day on the set. They were filming some of these Bixby Snyder things and like she was like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? Like, <laughs> is this going to be a really bad movie? Like she didn't realize that these things were meant to yeah, be cheesy. Just in the world that she was going to be occupying. Yeah. That's really cool, though. That's really cool. Yeah. I, want, I imagine something like that. Well, yeah, apparently from that interview, it's certainly disarming, but I, I, <laughs> I feel like it'd be really cool. It'd be interesting to be a part of a process like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Murphy kills the unnamed guy. <laughs> well, he, and he says, he says dead or alive. Dead you're, or coming alive with me. you're coming with me, which is a, a memorable line. And it becomes relevant later in the film. Right. And he kills one of the guys as he goes for his gun. Um, has has Emil on his feet and uh, sort yeah. of held up, and he calls for Lewis, who is not answering. Can't hear him. She's yeah. unconscious, and as he's standing there shrieking for Lewis into his mic, several other guys start to show up, including Leon and Men, two of the other baddies. Yeah, yeah. Leon, played by the recognizable father of Laura Palmer from Twin. Yeah, Ray Wise. Yes, is that his name. Yeah, he's great. He seems a little old for this crew. That's okay. So, does but him Clarence. and him and Clarence are like the senior members. Yeah, I think exactly. So yeah, all these guys start showing up. Everybody's <laughs> got a pump action shotgun, and uh, I found myself like wondering, was this whole thing a trap? Like to to lure him in because those guys just seem to be waiting in the wings. I feel like the area that they occupy is probably not that big because this is such a big place. You wouldn't want to get too spread out. And mm-hmm. one gunshot is going to let those other guys know where you are. Okay. So I feel like even, even uh, Joe, I don't think necessarily that was a trap. I think that he just got the drop. Well, he's taking a leak. <laughs> the drop fly. Exactly. At the, that gunshot sort of alerted the other bad guys that Murphy was there. So he's fucked. They snatch. Yeah. They snatch his helmet off and they take his gun from him and they start taunting him him and and comes Clarence with some just some just scene chewing dialogue amazingly yeah menacing like oh, lines, he's, he's, he's like, snake. he's like, you know, cops don't like me. You, a good I, cop. he's like, I don't much like cops. And then, and then he's like, oh, what about you, hot shot? Are you a good cop? Oh man, to Murphy, to his credit, he's not like pleading for his life or anything. He's like, buddy, I think you're slime. To a brave guy, to his principles, and Clarence takes a shotgun to the back of his knees, has him on his knees. Yeah, drops him, and then he's like. Yeah, he's got the shotgun. He's sort of waving it around his face. Hits him in the back, and that's what gets him on the ground. Yep, yep. Flips him over, and that's and that's when the oh, uh, and then the no 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 no. So this is this is a little bit of like Caddyshack <laughs> humor. Yeah, in a very menacing and serious situation. Uh, so and yeah, he you haven't seen it you, if you haven't seen the unedited version. Oh my it's God. so graphic. Well, but in this part, especially during that, I I I found myself holding my breath. Even I've seen this movie a dozen times yeah. or more, and. <laughs> Still was like <gasps> you feel so bad for Murphy. Oh my! Because you're like there's there's literally nothing he can do. No, and like it's that thing where you know these guys are gonna kill you and they're gonna have fun doing it. No. It's awful. And so what's the first thing to go? <laughs> he sh- he blows his hand off like just clean off. Right hand explodes in a brilliant bit of oh. special effect work. Just the hand is gone. And Boddicker, true to form, is like, give the man a hand. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> and they're all laughing. Oh, my Jesus. And uh, and then it really just sort of the situation disintegrates for Murphy from then on out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. I mean, he's the dudes are just unloading boys. on him. Like he's got his body armor on, which is maybe stopping some of the shots. But right. some he gets of, his some arm literally just falls off. I mean, immediately it's like yeah. one shot. His right arm is gone. Uh, and yeah, I've never really thought about it, but I, I imagine that the vest at least is stopping some of that scatter shot. But they're firing at such close range that, yeah. that the damage is. Some is getting through. Like you're seeing yeah. some blood and all that. Oh, and lots and lots of. He's blood. screaming. He's got like his hand is off. It's awful. His arm is gone. His hand is off. Uh, yeah, and so they, they run out of bullets. Yeah, is what happens. Like, like, oh man, I'm out of ammo. And 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 Emil, I believe it is, sort of he comments on the fact that he can't believe that the cops. Oh yeah, still he's alive. like, hey, Clarence, this guy's still alive. Clarence walks up and ends Murphy's life with a single gunshot to the head. Yeah, and it's like super gory. It was like a puppet shot. It was a. Uh, it looked. Way more realistic than most puppets, though. Like the frontal of Murphy's face, like just looked like Peter Weller. Yeah, if you go back and read some of the reviews from the time, uh, yeah, they they definitely talk about the ultra violence, but but all of them talk about how how well it was done, how mm-hmm. all of this looked. Oh yeah, the effects. Yeah, and oh, I mean, the first cut of the movie was like rated X. Yeah. Like the MPA didn't. It was too much. They said that we got to cut down on the violence, guys. And so they went through, I think, and removed some of the gore. I, mean, I think the version we watched is the the unedited, the, unedited, the original X-rated cut. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid or even watching it on like original release VHS and DVDs and stuff and, and seeing that Murphy's arm was gone, but you never really knew why. They just showed him and an arm was missing. And so. And I remember distinctly like they don't show the hand getting blown right. off but you hear they, Clarence say they'll give the man a hand line yeah. and you see his face and it's kind of like you can assume what you didn't see but yeah it's how, oh. like how Murphy would have or any human would like summon the will after losing the hand like that and knowing your death is imminent but like mm-hmm. forcing yourself to your feet he like got up on his feet to yeah. face it and then and unbelievable way and then yeah and then to still be alive so so then the guy the bad guys Boddicker and the gang are like all right guys well, let's get out of here yeah, it's time to go and, and about that time that's when Lewis shows up yeah, Lewis shows up she has she has seen just off off stage <laughs> off stage right the, the carnage happening but like really she was behind see, a fence yeah she can't get out there to save Murphy uh, she can't really see what's happening the the perps leave she comes out and she for the first time surveys just the carnage yeah it's, it's horrible oh man there's a great story on the commentary where they say you know the the movie was done on a on a small budget right i've seen million. the numbers were between like 10 and 15 and somewhere i saw 13 right um but they said that they were constantly being asked by like the studio, like, Hey, can you cut a corner here or there or not shoot this scene or have this happen off camera or whatever. So they purposefully saved the death of Murphy to the very last scene. Like they spent all the money and were like, Hey studio, we ran out of money, but we didn't shoot the death of Murphy yet. Cause they knew that was the one scene that couldn't, you couldn't have the movie without the scene right. with Murphy dying. So, they gave him some more money to shoot that scene. So that scene was like the last thing shot and it was shot like on a, in like just a warehouse in California or something. Really, really interesting. Smart, smart producers and filmmakers and everything like that does. Yeah. To play the game with the studios. It's interesting to think about, um, the process of shooting a movie and much, much respect to film actors, especially because you, in that journey of a character, 
we're going to get serious now for a second. Okay. <laughs> not, not really, but just, <laughs> but in that journey of a character, I mean, think about that. Like you filmed the entire rest of the movie. You're probably not jumping around. You're obviously not jumping around in chronological order. Right. And then you kind of get in that mental headspace of like, all right, where's my character at, at this emotional moment. Yeah. And so after they've already done everything else and then to go back and film this after they've already done everything else and they know everything that's happened, I, yeah. that's, that's a really, it's an interesting thing to think about that concept. Yeah. All the performances were good. I feel kind of bad for Emil who had to probably get his hair done in that horrible fashion that he wore it over again, perhaps to do this scene. Yeah. But I mean, he was losing his hair like anyway. He was. It's like he's kind of had a he's mostly bald, but then had it also parted down the middle. Is a yep. weird look. Yeah, it's a total. Don't if I'm if I'm ever going that bald, don't let me wear it like that, John. You've got a head full of hair. Oh friend. man, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um. So, oh, and of this movie where apparently the budget was low, you know, the ten to fifteen million, whatever, like a million of that supposedly was just creating the RoboCop suit, like yeah, the the no, six the six sets of RoboCop armor or whatever that they had. That's like a huge portion of the movie on the one prop. Well, that's, I mean... But it that, is, you can't have the movie without that prop. I was going to say, that prop is the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to make sure that looks good or else what does like anything else matter? Screen, then, yeah, then the, then the whole, the whole uh, exercise is moot. They were also like a super high throughout, like the commentary on the RoboCop and Christ comparisons like this is like a, a Christ allegory or something like he's, that. he dies and then comes back for whatever but redemption or benevolent savior. He comes back to <laughs> gun toting badass. Basically Verhoeven referred to it as American Christianity where he comes back, but he's like wielding death and, and guns. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, another a way in which a lot of Christians that I know that sounds they right. love their guns. I, this is another way in which the movie was maybe like ahead of its time or had a, a keen eye towards the direction that the country was headed. Yeah, agreed. So now we cut to Murphy is being taken to the hospital. He's in the helicopter, medevac, whatever, um, and he's being wheeled off like. Into the emergency room, I guess. Yeah. Right. The makeup effects throughout this whole part, like when Lewis finds him and sees him at first and then like the shots of the body in the hospital and stuff. Yeah. Really, really like well done, believable Dude, looking. There's some extreme close ups. Yeah. On Peter Weller is head with a big chunk out of it oh, and stuff like that. craziness craziness it's hard to watch almost um but dude interestingly uh the the crash team or whatever the yeah, trauma the team in the movie yeah those dudes were not actors that was like a real trauma unit from a real <laughs> dallas hospital that boggled my mind when you told me but i had no idea so but it yeah. makes total sense and i think it's a genius move by verhoven to just film these people doing what they'd be doing, talking to yeah. each other the way that they'd be talking because it feels very, very real. There's this whole thing in movies. I feel like where you got doctors, especially, uh, news reporters, yeah. like in movies, they feel like they're acting. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, but totally. in life, this is these guys job. Like this is probably no different than what happened yesterday. Yeah. So the movie works because the guys are just very mundane by the book. Like yeah, they're all level, level headed, sh shock him, like do this, give me that matter of fact, the fact that they, that's a genius call. Plus you don't have to try to teach actors yeah. terminology, you know, they're like, just treat it like you would do probably if you had a guy come in with a Absolutely. gunshot wound to the head Absolutely. and chest, whatever. 
dude, when I'm watching, I'm a little dubious about the fact that any part of Murphy could still be alive, you know, but he got shot in the head. His fucking brain basically fell out, but they're doing everything they can. These guys. And then while they're doing all this, we start to see all the, the flashbacks, right? Oh, dude, that shit's hard to watch, man. Yeah. yeah. He's having flashbacks of like his family and his wife and his, his kid. And then he's also seeing the faces of the dudes who killed him and stuff. It's pretty fucking heavy, really. Yeah. Oh, dude, this was kind of a bold choice to me. So they pronounce him dead. And then the movie just goes full black, full silence for like five seconds where if I'm sitting in the theater, I'm like, is something wrong? (laughs) Did the projector break or something? It's a bold, it's a bold move. What the fuck guys? And Uh, then we got the POV of like RoboCop being brought online. That's right. RoboCop is now coming online. And I feel like the moment that Murphy died was like POV. And then when it comes back, Mm -hmm. it's still sticking with that Murphy slash RoboCop POV. I like it. You know, it's like a continuity thing. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Some parallelism there. This, this whole sequence where he's coming online is the shit. It's very cool. Dude, you can, it's fucking genius for guys who are making a movie on the cheap like this movie was done on a fairly low budget yeah. um, cuz you can tell from what people are saying exactly what's happening but they don't have to actually show anything cuz this would be like special effects heavy oh yeah stuff if they were showing robocop being built or whatever it's this shift in the movie where you're like coming in and out of a a dream yes. like during this part it you know where he's like it will dip to black and then come back and you yeah. can tell time has passed yeah it's it's very very effective dude i'm so in of whoever i don't know if it's a writer if it was verhoven or what but like yeah the way that this was put together you can they're all describing exactly what's happening Uh but you don't have to actually see anything yeah oh it's amazing so they've got the the little section where they're putting like the led vision on so you've got that like grid and they're like drilling it down and it's getting closer (laughs) and closer that's a a cool effect that's awesome and then they cut to one part and it's like uh there's a tech there and Bob Morton is there and the tech is telling him, uh, yeah, we managed to save one of his arms. And Morton's like, well, I thought I wanted like a full body prosthesis or something. And then he <laughs> also his, his right hand man, Johnson, Johnson is there as well. Johnson pipes oh, yeah. up. He signed the release form. So yeah, Johnson's telling him like, he's like asking Johnson, Oh, what do you think? And Johnson says, well, he's dead. He's OCP property. Now That's he signed cold. his contract. That's cool. Yeah. Johnson. Morton is like, lose the arm. What do you think about, what do you think about the fact that, like so it's all pov ostensibly uh murphy or robocop is seeing all this and uh-huh. knows it's happening like Dude, what, it's traumatizing what's right yeah, yeah like what would but be they happening? have that well they have that mention where they're like is he gonna remember all this and they say yeah, no nah, yeah. don't worry we're gonna wipe his memory yeah but was he supposed to be waking up though that's the thing that gets me is like uh, was he supposed dude, to be coming online i swear when i had a surgery i, I don't know if it was tonsils or, or a different surgery but i swear to you when they were putting me under i'm like okay i'm falling asleep now and i could hear i feel like i could hear the doctor saying okay he's asleep you know pass me the scalpel or whatever and i'm like holy shit no i'm not asleep <laughs> i swear to you i don't know if it was a dream or if it was actually real but in my mind it was real as shit oh yeah uh, i've had similar experiences uh when i was little and getting my tonsils taken out and then again when i was having my wisdom teeth taken out of you know yeah. sort of like hearing vaguely hearing things as you're going under yeah and then it seems that's like that's not a it, calming that's not it, calming and then it seems like no time has passed when you wake up from it yeah it's crazy 
It's nuts, dude. It's nuts. I don't even know how that stuff works, but um, so dude, the- I, <laughs> I gotta say, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but some of those female uh, scientists or whatever were fucking smoking hot, dude. Oh yes, the the brunette I, I with the big glasses. With the big glasses, yeah, the Sally Jesse Raphael glasses. I, that, she is gorgeous. Dimples, I like dimples, dude. Call me, call me if you're doing all right. I guess. Are you a dimples fan? I'm a female fan. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice. Uh, I like the part too, though, that Morton, Morton and Johnson won the fight about the arm because as they're wheeling the prosthetic arm in, he, uh, he goes to shake hands with it and like crushes, crushes, it gets like four, 400 pounds of pressure. Yeah. She's like, he could crush every bone in your hand. And he's kind of like, I like it. Oh, dude. Is that when he leans in and he's like, yes, that's when he leans in and says, you are going to be a bad motherfucker. He's leaning right in the camera. It's oh, awesome, I dude. It. I love it. I love the whole thing. It's fucking amazing. And then we cut but, to um, a cut to another scene, another little couple seconds long snippet at New Year's. So there's like a New Year's party or something going on, or are they yes. just celebrating that he's finished? I think no. It's definitely New Year's Eve. There's a there's a countdown and stumbly, bumbly, attractive tech uh, hot uh, technician, br- yeah, the, the brunette comes up and removes her glasses and plants a big lipsticky kiss. I guess right, on his visor, right on his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where you kiss people. Uh-huh. She's drunk, to be fair. And then she falls down. And she falls down. That I, was a but, great but see, moment. I love, I love that all of these people, in, and then you never see them again after these few moments where they're putting Robocop together. Like, you never see them, but they bring such personality. Well, the gorgeous technician's around the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah, but she's she's not in a whole lot of stuff. No, she doesn't talk much. Yeah. And that leads us up to maybe one of your favorite, one of your favorite moments of the entire film. Oh, <laughs> dude, let's talk about when they unveil <laughs> like he sort of it seems from his point of view that he's got just a sort of an opaque tarp yeah. <laughs> draped over him because Morton whips that tarp off him and there's all the scientists and all the techs or whatever everyone there. is clapping it, yeah it's a big uh, thing this must be the big unveil yeah they're they're very enthusiastic about Robocop <laughs> coming online and, and, and it, Morton's like a proud dad or something he's like come uh, on come on this is for you this is for you man and, uh-huh. uh, and so as, as Robocop's walking <laughs> <laughs> Love Johnson like pop it in frame. <laughs> and this is oh, dude. No, no. This is my favorite thing in the whole film because I just love the character of Johnson. He's just such a happy go lucky, like yes man. But he leans in real close to Robocop and he's like, Go Robo. <laughs> it's like he's geeked out for Robocop. Uh, well, I would be too. Like he doesn't even remember the name of the project or like what what, do you, what are you supposed to call it? <laughs> I don't know, dude. But as we'll see in the rest of the film, like Johnson sort of just by by being a happy-go-lucky yes man he sort of keeps advancing in the company uh, that's how you get through man um the ocp vans bring robocop to the old detroit police precinct mm-hmm. um and and all action immediately stops uh sergeant reed immediately stops talking as I feel like first we just hear him right it's the foot heavy well, footsteps. Yeah, I mean, you sort of you sort of mm-hmm. all you see is the heavy footsteps and sort of his silhouette walking past some glass doors. like frosted glass yeah some frosted glass doors they do a really good job of like just doing a slow reveal oh, of yeah. what robocop looks like we're all really curious even i gotta think like the build-up is like i have tense. to think that the movie trailers and posters would have shown us yeah, but it's before, still, but it's still awesome. Yeah, you were you were waiting to see it. Yeah, you knew what the Ninja Turtles were going to look like the first time you saw the original Ninja Turtles movie because if you watched 
every appearance on Good Morning America or everything else <laughs> like I did. You knew what the turtles were going to look like, but you were still like geeking out about That's it. That's a rad movie. That movie is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a very slow reveal, which is awesome. They take him to, I guess, the, the area oh, of the station where he's going to be kept. Brisket. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> they, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they escort Robocop to like the area of the station where he's, I guess he's going to be kept when he's not on duty. Yeah, they're, where they're going to, they're going to keep him. He does need to rest occasionally. Yeah, they gotta they gotta let him power down. I'm I'm sure he has software updates. Presumably, he's <laughs> he's a cyborg. After yeah, all. that's true. So yeah, he's taken to his his little cell. They sit him down in a chair. All the cops are crowded around, like yeah. they want to see RoboCop. I love this. Like all the cops start sprinting, like just the and, and you kind of get the camera following them down the yeah. hallway, down the like the curves of the hallway, that's following awesome. them to that to it's the all handheld. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a really good. That's effective. They're showing that like. Robocop's food, which is basically some sort of dispenser that dispenses some just paste. Or organic paste that Johnson Johnson's all about. Johnson loved it. He's like, it tastes good. It's like it's baby food, basically. <laughs> to, to which Morton says, knock yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just, lo- I love the character Johnson. He's wonderful. I was about to call Morton Bob, because that's his name. Yeah. Bob Morton. And then it occurred to me, I wonder if that's another reason why the writers decided to have Clarence kill off kill Bobby, Bobby because they couldn't have two Bobs in the movie because it's going to be confusing. <laughs> Can you fly, Bobby? Uh, so yeah, knock yourself out with the baby food. Yeah. So the OCP tech seemed to then be testing RoboCop's uh, audiovisual functions. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, she uh, attractive tech number uh, one brunette sort of has him follow the pen. Yeah, different place targeting the pen, targeting which system. is pretty sweet. Yeah, which is I think probably the beginning of all like video game shoot 'em ups where you like target enemies and stuff like that. That's where all that stuff started. It was similar ish to like Terminator Vision yeah. from the yeah. first Terminator, which this movie is almost akin to terminator like the feel of it 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 is very much except for like what if the terminator was a good guy like contemporary earth set sci-fi yeah yeah which makes it seem more awesome i think sci-fi sci-fi works really well if it's in a dystopian future future um so in yeah morton's quizzing him on his prime directives what are your prime directives serve the public trust protect the innocent uphold the law which Morton gets a huge boner when he hears this. It says, you were going to be a bad motherfucker. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know if this is true or not, but I read it that um, Peter Weller was like originally trying to be all method on the set. Like he wanted everyone to call him RoboCop or he wouldn't respond if he didn't call him Robo or whatever. But he sort of dropped that because everyone on the crew is just making fun of him all the time. (laughs) And he's like, "Okay, guys, whatever. And and apparently because, you know, Verhoeven was so impressed with the way that the live Peter Weller moved around in that suit, it looked like a man moving around and he wanted to be much more robotic. robotic. And so they worked on those movements. And I got to say, Weller, the way that he would turn his head and then the rest of the body would follow is all really, really effective body work. Yeah, no. Peter Weller is like, he's a good actor. He just didn't get a whole lot of chances to be a star, I guess. Yeah. Roger Ebert loved this performance. Really? Which I think is amazing. Like, yeah, he, he applauded Peter Weller, especially because like he sold it. He sold like the, the, uh, the trauma and the turmoil of being this person who, you know, basically been ripped out mm-hmm. of their reality and plunged into this whole other 
a situation. Yeah. I can't uh, imagine. Yeah. And, and coming out and like portraying that, uh, that anguish from it. Yeah. He was really impressed. I was impressed that he got a review like that from Roger Ebert. So what do you go, Peter? Well, if you're listening, we salute you. Summer pills toast to Peter. <laughs> yes, for indeed. Robot, for your robot work. Um, and then the next thing that we see is, uh, and this is one of my favorite scenes growing up too. And this is one, this whole movie is a long favorite scene, but yeah. at the firing range and we just see a, a camera pan down the line of what looks like little, like, uh, Walter PPK pistols being shot and then you, yeah. get down to, you get down to Lewis and she's shooting I guess a 9 millimeter. A 9 millimeter look like yeah. And so everyone's like firing range of pow 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 one shot and then all of a sudden you <laughs> Yeah, it's so rad, dude. His gun is badass. Oh my god! It was like a like an automatic pistol almost. Like every p- trigger pull, it'd be maybe four or five shots. And they fired. said that it was like custom custom built to actually do what it was doing. Yeah, no, it's That's awesome. awesome. All right, blacksmiths, do your thing, guys. <laughs> that is so amazing. All the other cops like s- stop what they're doing, and, we and they're try- all like looking out there. And he's like, "Look at that gun!" And we were trying to figure out was it keeping score or was it counting rounds? The counter up there. Next I think to it was counting. Which, which still fired. is more impressive for like like hundreds and hundreds of and that, rounds. I don't know like how that pistol could hold that many rounds. So that, I don't think we're supposed to ask those questions. Yeah, I'm not going to ask those questions. Maybe maybe those are maybe maybe it's his hand is loading more bullets into the gun as it like the well, grip. You there's know, nothing in that arm. We know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hollow. It could be hollow. Yeah. yeah, so absolutely. I'm why not? That. <laughs> the gun, the arm is a magazine. All the cops seem to be like nervous that they're going to be out of jobs soon now. Right. And, um, yeah, but even then, uh, they, they just wanted to strike, but, but then Lewis sees a, an interesting bit of gunplay as Robocop is putting, mm-hmm. putting his gun away for the first time in his sweet leg holster. Yes. I fucking love that. And if you ever played the video game on super NES, I love the sound that that thing makes when it's opening uh, and closing. I love the sound that the holster makes, <laughs> but as he's putting it away, he gives that gun a twirl before the, he puts the TJ it laser twirl. Yeah. And she immediately, she's like, wait, Wait a second. She's like, yeah, Mur- yeah, that's a, like a Murphy move. So, so uh, yeah, she's. I think she gets the inkling like that. That a this is Murphy and that he's still in there somewhere. Yeah, something definitely seems off about this. And then, just like Murphy was, RoboCop is immediately being sent out. Yeah, on patrol. They just. I mean, I, I guess they tested him before they brought him to the station to make sure he wouldn't go all Ed 209 and just start blowing people away. I mean, I, I guess they would have had to. You hope that they would have. So, yeah, he's sent out on patrol. Uh, Morton says he needs a car. Uh, they throw the keys, which... <laughs> Which RoboCop catches. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they said that that took like 50 takes because he, you know, it's half see. blind. <laughs> He's half blind. And yeah, and the, the hard hand, like the keys would just sort of bounce off like he had a hard time gripping it. Can you imagine like him catching the keys? I wonder if Verhoeven had to say, don't fucking cheer if he catches the keys. <laughs> he had to tell the whole room. You would think, yeah, after like a dozen tries. And now it's like maybe no one's watching. Yeah. Everyone, like left the room except for the cameraman. So he first call is like uh, at this liquor store where this old couple's watching the I'd buy that for a dollar show. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're dying laughing because that's what you do. Um, this show seems to be just please everyone who watches it. Like yeah, from oh, young young thugs to old 
liquor store business owners. I think there's something to be said for that too, that we're all humans that like <laughs> shit TV. We all at the end of the like day. sleazy shit. So yeah, old, old lady liquor store owner looks up and sees a suspicious guy sort of loitering in the liquor store, walking up to the register area. Mm-hmm. So she starts to just throw wads of cash into the register and close the, the drawer and, uh, and asks the, ask the guy if she can get him anything to which he replies. Yeah all the money in the register and put it in the bag. All right. And he wants the safe, the money from and, the safe. And, and then, what safe? And this, the safe is, is hidden under all the old school Miller life, Miller light cans. Now new school. Yeah. They're they're They've come back <laughs> and they do look great. Um, and then <laughs> as, as they are, she, she pushes the, what the panic button. I guess it looked like a doorbell, but yeah, yeah. I assume it's going to call for police. Yeah. It's supposed to call. It's supposed to ring. But Robocop, alarm. I think was already on this way. Yeah. He was there he, too he'd fast. Been, he'd been called. He had already been called. Well, that's, that's a good point. Like how much time maybe he drove by and could see it, but I don't think they showed that. Maybe we just exposed a flaw in the timeline of Robocop. Maybe he was just hanging around outside spinning his gun <laughs> and the call came. Well, and then so all of a sudden the door, the double doors of the convenience store swing open to that. Like Old West style, like a saloon. That epic sound, like whatever that sound is. I can't mimic it because it Which, sounds like machines. Was that, That's not supposed to be something that those people in the scene would have heard, right? right. Is it just I a think score? That was for our like a musical cue? I think that that was supposed to be like the shit just hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was for the audience at home. Like, it's pretty awesome. Oh God. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really badass effect. And then the, uh, the robber. The thief starts screaming at RoboCop, <laughs> fuck me, over and over again. You can't believe which, what he's seeing. Yeah. You can't really blame which, him. Which, if you w- grew up watching the TBS version like I did, the guy was just shouting, why me? Why me? Why me? <laughs> which, which that line works also, I guess. It's kind of lame. Fuck me is more effective. The bullets, we see that, that RoboCop's armor is, in fact, bulletproof. They're ricocheting yeah. off everywhere. Absolutely. Um, the robber has lost all hope. and is He tries to run out. He's trying to, he's trying to make a break for it. <laughs> and then Ro- RoboCop stops him with a physics-defying clothesline that somehow makes the guy fly in the Forward. opposite direction. Uh, and she shoots backwards through a cooler. Yeah, he broke through the, like, the glass doors of the freezer or whatever. We're fine with it. It doesn't matter. So oh, it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, Peter Weller sort of does this like yeah, swing from the swing from the hips. It was like thing. a spinning clothesline yeah. sort of move, and yeah, it, it was doesn't. Awesome. <laughs> then we cut to another scene. We've got um, two guys chasing a woman through like a deserted area of town, like throwing bottles at her. They're She's terrorizing her. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty scary, and yeah, and. Seems like rape is imminent. Yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying. They pull a knife, they grab her from behind, they cut her hair, and then it seems like they're gonna like. One dude sort of starts like pulling her skirt up, and that then RoboCop shows yeah, the, up the, just the in light, time. The light sort of flashes from behind, and you see a shadow like yeah. on the wall. And they they both turn around, and I can't even remember the dialogue. What do they start saying? The 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 one guy, the main guy, I guess, the one who's he's just credited, I think, as creep. Right. In the credits, he grabs the girl and he's like, I'll kill her, man. I'll kill her. That's right. And so then then we see RoboCop's targeting vision in action as he sort of aims at the guy. He's sort of aiming around and then he lowers the sight down around the lady's crotch region. Right. Fires one shot directly through through her her skirt. skirt. And and I remember the first time I I was just like, what? He shot her. Yeah. Like, and I was like, maybe shot her. And then, yeah, obviously the guy, the guy drops her and he's like been shot in the nether regions. Oh my God. 
It's a pretty uh, classic move. I can't even imagine. I, I think that's imagine. when then Robocop gives the line, your move, creep. I mean, the femoral artery. I mean, there's all kinds oh, there's of There's more. I think there's yeah, so yeah, much going there's on. There's a lot of critical parts down the there. Other, the other guy's like, yeah, I've got, I want no part of this. He's like, I I'm give up. Go. I, don't care. <laughs> I don't care what drugs I'm on right mm-hmm. now. I'm good to just stop. The girl runs into Robocop's arms and he's like, you are experiencing a shock. I'll notify her like a rape crisis center. It, it makes me wonder if because he has the technology that he's got, obviously he's he's plugged into some kind of mainframe. Yeah. So I wonder if he like his response is obviously a lot quicker than a typical police officer mm-hmm. would be. Yeah. You mean just to show up on the scene? Yeah. Yeah, he was, again, he was there pretty quick. Right. But uh, presumably some witness called the police and said, hey, there's two guys chasing a woman. And, you know, that might have been three minutes or five minutes earlier. It would have been awesome. To, like in the in the day of like Bluetooth and, and Internet technology, he could have been like, I've already contacted a rape crisis center. <laughs> like I'm contacting They're expecting you. He's like he's like on star, but in a person. <laughs> <laughs> now, the dude who played the creepy rape leader yeah he also was in showgirls like being a rapist in showgirls yeah. and again He's, uh, we, you don't want to be typecast no, as we, a rapist we would like to go ahead and and to say if you are if you're triggered by uh discussions of rape uh we apologize we're not we're not talking about it out of um of any kind of insensitivity to the subject uh just talking about the plot of the movie just wanted to put that out there um yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> On that note, uh, <laughs> I think you got to be sensitive, man. We're gonna we're gonna wind this episode down and uh, jump into the rest of RoboCop's adventures. I mean, that was that was a lot of ground. It doesn't seem like it would be a lot of ground to cover because, as you as you were talking about, like so much of that section of the movie is is just clever direction doing a lot with very little actual on-screen interest. It was definitely a lot happening. I mean, this was the birth of RoboCop, this section. Yeah. But the way that they did it is so, is so, is so, I keep using the word clever because that's the only word that I can think of. So now I feel like the first, I mean, I feel like the first act was building up to RoboCop being a thing. Right. And then now we're like into the second act, which is how is RoboCop going to fare in the world of old Detroit so far. So good. Yeah. I think absolutely. Ass. All right. We'll see if he runs into any problems next go around. I can't wait. All right. Can't see wait. you guys next time. We'll be back. We'll be back.